You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Miles Welch as he delivers Where Do I Belong? All right, welcome to 12 Stone here online at the campuses. How are you guys all doing today? That's right, fired up to be here. Today's going to be awesome. We're actually starting a new series of sermons today that answers this question right out of the gate here. Where do I belong? Everyone wants to belong somewhere or with someone, and this is how we're going to answer it in this series of sermons. We're going to get there. I belong to a family. Okay, so here's what I want to do. Here at the campus, uh, at the campuses, online, if you're watching this, let's say this together. I belong to a family. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about parenting, and we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to end talking about how we belong in a church family. You guys know that the church is a family, right? Like the church is, you guys, you're going to have to be with me. You know a church is a family, right? That's right. Listen, the church is not a place you attend. It's a people that you belong to. You don't go to church. Do you know that? You don't go to church. You go to a service. You are the church. You are the church. Right? And we're going to be talking about that. And listen, we belong to each other. God's brought us together, and we belong to each other. Matter of fact, say to the person next to you, we belong to the same family. That's right. And say back, it's because we have the same father. That's right. We have the same father. Of course, I'm talking about God. I got to tell you, we're going to be talking about God as Father Day. I've resisted the urge to add some kind of Star Wars, Darth Vader, Luke, I'm your father reference. It was really tempting. It was really tempting, but I'm avoided. We're going to be talking about God as Father uh, because God comes to us as our Father. He comes to us as what? And he invites us to respond to him as his children. As what? As his children. Look at this verse here. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, talking about Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of a natural descent, nor of a human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Here's what this verse means. That when we receive Jesus... We're not only forgiven of our sins, we are restored to our Father. See, Jesus invites us to so much more than forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is unbelievable, right? Forgiveness is really amazing, true? It's just not the end. He he invites us to be restored to our Father. God comes to us as a Father, and we respond as his children. Listen, this is kind of the point. It's kind of why Jesus showed up. Kind of the high point of Jesus' teaching is about God the Father and God coming to us as a father. Renowned theologian J.I. Packer says it like this. You sum up the whole New Testament religion if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and of having God as his father. Father is the Christian name for God. It's a powerful thought. Father's the Christian name for God. So what do you make of God as your father? What do you make of being his child? 
Turns out it's kind of a big deal. God comes to us as a father, invites us to respond as a child. That's what we're going to be talking about today. It's kind of where we belong. It's our first family. God, our father, us, his children. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about three ways that God comes to us as a father and how we're supposed to respond as his children. And I believe God wants to move in one of these ways in, our, in your life. I believe one of these, God is going to start talking to you and it's going to have application for you and you're going to, he's going to invite you to respond to him as his child. And so here's what I'd love to do. I'd love for us to pray so that we could be attentive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the room today and here online at the campuses. Can we just pray together? So Father, you've given us more reason to sing than to doubt. Isn't that true? You've given us more reason to sing than to distrust or to dishonor you. You have come to us as a father. That is who you are. You're a father, and we belong to you. Lord, we, you, you've been visiting this church in powerful ways, hasn't he? I mean, not just this weekend. God has been showing up in this place in powerful ways. And, and you've been showing up as a father inviting us to respond as your children. So won't you show us what that means today? And God, there, there are people in this room that when we start talking about family and father, it just, it brings up hurtful things. God, we pray, I do, I pray, that you would restore those words to those souls. Restore what it means to be part of a family. Restore what it means to have a father. And Lord, as we walk through these ways you come to us as a father, won't you reveal yourself to us? Help us respond to you. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's dive in. Three ways God comes to us as a father. Three ways we're supposed to respond as a child. Here's the first one. Might be worth writing down. God comes to us with a father's love, and we respond with a child's love. Let's say that together. God comes to us with a father's love, we respond with a child's love. Let's look at 1 John. Here's what he says. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. He is our Father, and we are his children, and he's lavishing love on us. So let's talk about a father's love. As I, as I was uh, preparing for this sermon, it kind of took me down a journey of my own uh, you know, fatherhood. I have two daughters. I have a 22-year-old named Megan and a 20-year-old named Morgan who's at UGA, uh, which was a great game, right? Have we talked about that at all? Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. We'll take it. And listen, I remember the moment when each of them was born. I remember the moment. And as soon as I saw them, they had my whole heart. Each of them did. I love them with a father's unconditional love. They don't have to earn my love. They don't have to deserve my love. They don't have to live up to some standard to stay in my love. I love them unconditionally. I don't even love them because of who they are. I love them because of who I am. I'm their father. How many of you parents, you know what I'm talking about? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. That's, that's what a parent's love is like, unconditional love. 
And listen, my daughters over the years have been perfect. They've never tested that love or tried that love. They've never made any mistakes. They've, like if my love weren't conditional, they'd still be in it. They're pastor's kids, right? Um, not true at all. Over the years, my kids have tested unconditional love over and over again. Parents, come on, amen. If our love was conditional, kids would be in trouble, wouldn't they? I mean, sometimes it seems like it's their job to test us. This is, is kind of how it would play out in my family. Uh, I told you I have two daughters, and they like to wear and share the same clothes. And so whenever World War III would break out in my house, it would break out over who owned which shirt or which dress or which whatever, and it would just constantly, it was like, it's amazing, both my daughters are absolutely convinced all the clothes in the house were theirs. And they would fight over it all the time. And, and that, that, I mean, it tests my unconditional love. I had a genius idea for how to solve this. I said, if you fight over a piece of clothes, but I'm going to take it, I'm going to cut it in half, you can each have half of it. <laughs> right? That's how dads solve problems, right? Do you know how many times we did that? Zero times. Do you know why? My wife likes the same clothes. <laughs> so I never, ever got to do that because my wife would not let me. That's how uh, things actually have played out at my house. My mom thinks uh, that, you know, when my kids are acting up, that I'm just getting what I deserve. I don't remember it that way. I remember being an angel. And she's revising history to make me look bad. But, but listen, here's the point. I've been frustrated with my kids. I've been mad at my kids. I've thrown up my hands in frustration and at a loss. I've lost my mind. I've lost my cool. But I've never come close to losing my love for my kids, ever. That's what a father's love is like. Right? That, that, that's what a father's love is like. And that's what God's love is like for us. He comes to us with a father's love, unconditional. It's actually better than I'm describing because he's perfect. And he loves us with a perfect love. And listen, we put God's unconditional love to the test too, don't we? We put his love to the test all the time. And just listen, if God's love were conditional, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. But it's not. When we said yes to Jesus, God adopted us into his family. We become his children, and he lavishes a father's love on us. Unconditional love. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We don't have to live up to some standard to keep it. He doesn't even love us because of who we are. He loves us because of who he is. He's our father. That's what it means that God comes to us with a father's Love. So how do, you, do we respond to this? How are you supposed to respond to a father's love? Well, with a child's love. We respond with a child's love. And listen, a child's love is a little bit different than a father's love. A father's love is unconditional, and a child's love is always responsive. Look what John says about this. We love because he first loves us. We love because he loves us. That's the nature of our relationship with God. He loves us unconditionally. We love us. We love him in response. This love, listen, this mutual love dynamic and relationship is at the core of what it means to have a relationship with God. If you wonder what God really, really wants from you, he wants you to respond to his love, to his father's love with a child's love. Think, think about this. If, if God wanted your obedience, he could have just made you a robot. If that's all he wanted, 
If all God wanted was your sacrifice, if all God wanted was you to you know, fall in line, he could have made that happen. As a matter of fact, the only thing that God can't take from you that you actually have to give him is your heart. Love is always a choice. You can't make somebody love you. It's the only thing God can't take from you. And, because, and, and as soon as you know that, you realize it's what God really wants from you. He wants you to respond to his love with your love. And all those other things matter, but at the core, do you know what God wants first and above all? Love. He wants you to love him. He wants you to respond to his love with your love. And, and when that happens, you, what you discover is that relationship with God where you love him and he loves you, where he loves you and you love him back, that is your heart's true home. That's where you belong. That's your family. That's where home is for you. That's, that's what you were made for. Do you know that? When you have that right, it solves all the problems. And when you have that wrong, it's undoing. That's why we're starting this series of sermons talking about the Father. Because when you get that right, it, it frees you up to be right in all your other relationships. Listen, when, when we have this love dynamic with God, we love him, he loves us, it fills a void and it frees us to overflow God's love into the life of other people. Right? Many, many, listen, listen, many of our relational breakdowns aren't relational breakdowns, they're spiritual breakdowns. That we show up with a void and, and the relationships in our lives can't fill the void and so the relationships break down. Listen, they weren't designed to. You know, I used to be the college pastor uh, of this church back in the day. We have an unbelievable, come on, we have an unbelievable college ministry here uh, if you don't go to it Thursday night, 7.30, it's unbelievable. You should be a part of it. But, but listen, uh, if you're in college, I mean you should be a part of it, right? Don't be creeping, don't be creeping around. Um, but but uh, I used to be the college pastor, and I, I would have these conversations uh, most often with a young lady who would say, I remember one in particular, she said this to me. She said, I'm just, I'm just looking for a, a man who's going to complete me and meet my deepest needs. <laughs> And I had that conversation a lot with uh, mostly the young ladies. Like at that age, like young ladies, they're, they're, they're looking for a soulmate. Guys, they're like playing Call of Duty till like three in the morning. That's just what's happening. That's what that age is like. That's what that age is like. And so these, these young ladies would, would come up to me and, and I, you know, this one lady in particular, I'm looking for a, a, somebody who can complete me and meet my deepest needs. And I thought, that's a pretty tall order. Like, that's a lot to ask from, like, have you met one of us? Like, have you ever actually met a guy? Like, you think we can do that? Wow, that's amazing. Your, your, your thoughts on us are pretty, like, like, that's a lot to ask of a kid who graduated high school like three years ago, isn't it? Now he's got to, now he's got to discern and meet your deepest needs and complete you? Are you kidding me? I don't know that he's going to pull that off. I think he might come up short of that, and when you're frustrated with him, maybe you shouldn't be. Because maybe you're looking to the wrong person for that. And I would teach the college students this. You never show up dating empty. If you show up, listen, when two people are empty coming into a dating relationship, how in the world is that going to be full? You don't date out of your emptiness. You date out of an overflow. Right? You date out of an overflow. And guys, that's how you do marriage too. And that's how you do parenting, and that's how you do small group, because that's how God designed relationships to work. 
You never belong in any human relationship until you belong. You just don't sense like you do until you belong rightly in your, in your first family, you and God. He loves you and you love him in response and it fills you up and frees you up. That's what God does for us. And listen, some of us, this is why God brought you here today to have this conversation with you. And the most meaningful thing you might do, because you've drifted in your relationship with God, you've maybe created some distance between you and God, and now there's an emptiness, and you're looking for everything else to fill it, and nothing else fills it. Only God fills that void. And so, maybe God brought you here so that you would just enter back into that relationship. God, I, I, you know what? I receive your love for me, and I, God, I love you too. Help me to love you above all else. Or maybe you've been putting God's love to the test, his unconditional love. Maybe you've been crossing some lines and doing some things. And and listen, no matter what else is true of your life, if you've said yes to Jesus, you have been adopted into God's family. He is your father and you are his child. And you don't earn his love. You don't discern his love. You don't have to live up to a certain standard to say in his love. He doesn't love you because of who you are. He loves you because of who he is. And maybe it'd be right for you to step back into a relationship with God where you say, you know what, God, I'm sorry for what I've been doing. Will you, will you help me to follow you? Will you help me to walk with you? Perhaps that's what you need more than anything else today. Just a fresh encounter with the love of God that frees you and fills you to love people. Does that make sense to you guys? God comes with a father's love. He invites us to respond with a child's love. Let's look at the second. Here's the second. God comes to us with a father's help, and we respond with a child's dependence. Let's say that together. God comes to us with a father's help, and we respond with a child's dependence. That's in our hearts as parents to help our kids, right? And we want to help them. Of course we do. We don't want them to have to figure out life all by themselves. We want to help them. They have no idea how much we actually help them, do they? They have no concept of it. It's kind of fun when they catch a glimpse. My daughter did uh, over the summer. My oldest daughter. The last uh, a year for us has been big for my oldest daughter and for our family, really. She's graduated college. She's got a job downtown, and she's actually moved to an apartment downtown. My oldest daughter is 22 years old. She's off the family payroll. It's a big deal. That's right. That's right. There should be big, more applause for that. That's a big deal. Listen. She, I'm so proud of this girl. She has a budget she lives in. She has financial goals she's chasing. And mom and dad, we got a pay raise. That's good. And while we were transitioning bills from me to her, we were sitting down talking about the phone bill and the auto insurance and just kind of walking through it. I watched the weight of all of it shift to her. And she looked at me. It wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I can tell you that. She looked at me and she said, Dad, I'm going to have to pay all this stuff, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to save as much money as I thought. <laughs> and I said, honey, welcome to my whole life. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what I, and it's just like glimpse. She caught a glimpse of how much we've been giving to her and how, how much we've been helping her. It's fun when they catch a glimpse. It's not why we help them, but it's just fun when they catch a glimpse. We help them because we love them. We don't want them to go through life alone. They don't have to. They, we want to help them. We wanna, we want, it's in our hearts too. And listen, God is the very same. God comes with a father's help. He doesn't want us to go through life alone. He wants to help us. Look at what Jesus said to the disciples the night before he was crucified. 
I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He will give you another advocate to help you. To do what? To help you. And he will be with you forever. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. And he comes to us as a father with a father's help. God has not left us here as orphans to figure out life all by ourselves. He's come to us as a father with a father's help. And he's given us his Holy Spirit. He helps us by his Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit helps us more than we know. True? He helps us more than we know. I just have a list here. The Holy Spirit guides us when we're lost. He encourages us when we're down. He corrects us when we get off the path. He gives us instruction and insight when we're tackling new things in life. He reminds us of what we forgot. You don't have to figure out life by yourself. God comes with a father's help, and he invites us to respond with a child's dependence. With what? A child's what? Dependence. Look what Jesus says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to, to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? To those who what? Ask him. Do you know what dependence looks like? Dad, will you help me with this? I'm a little bit stuck. I'm a little bit lost. I'm not sure what to do. Will you help me? That's what dependence looks like. God comes with a Father's help. He's given us his Holy Spirit, and he's very willing to help us, but we have to drop our pride enough to ask him to actually help us. Asking is the criteria for God's help. And when we have so much pride we don't ask, we're in essence orphans, left all by ourselves to figure it out alone. He's a father, though. Many of us get stuck right on this point. I have before. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was, um, this is years ago, um, uh, a friend of ours invited us to their lake house to go out on the boat. And so, you know, we drove up there and um, he's got the truck with the trailer and the boat in the trailer and he and I drive uh, from his house, his lake house, to the, to the launch, and he backs up and drives the thing into the water, and, and then he looks at me and he says, hey, grab the boat and swing it around to the house, okay? And I'm gonna drive the trailer back, and I'm like, I, listen, I grew up in California. I don't know anything about lakes and boats. I know about the beach. If you wanna go to the beach, I know everything to do on the beach. Don't know what to do on the boat. And, but I'm a man, right? So I'm not going to tell him that. That would be crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just, he made it sound easy. Just swing it around. Okay, I can swing it around. And so I get on the boat. Listen, my problem wasn't actually getting the boat to work. I figured that out really fast. Here's the problem. Finding the house. Guess what? No street signs on a lake. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. I just was swinging around kind of where I thought I should. And, I'm, I'm, and then I went too far. Guess what? Houses don't look the same from the street as they do from a lake. You can't tell. How am I supposed to know? So I'm just going down. Listen, I ended up kind of lost, all alone, and not sure what to do next. Just a man and his problems out on a lake <laughs> in a boat. Do you know how, listen, it took me 45 minutes to swing the boat around to the house. <laughs> How many of you ever felt like that? 
How many of you felt like that? That's right. That's what pride does. Puts you all alone trying to figure it out all by yourself. So let's be honest. Some of us, we have work to do right here. Some of us, listen, here's, here's the question. Where have you had the same feeling that I had out on that boat? Where do you have that right now? Because that's probably where you need to start asking God for some help. Maybe it's your marriage. Things just aren't going right. It's, listen, when you start to grow distance, and it's easy to feel alone in a marriage, isn't it? It's easy to feel like, man, I'm just, I just, I don't know, I just kind of by myself. Or parenting or some relationship where you don't know what to do. Just kind of lost. Have you ever, I mean, finances work. Have you ever, like, look at the money going out and the money coming in, and you're like, this doesn't work. This isn't going to add up. And I, don't know, I don't know what, like, listen, you're not on your own trying to figure these things out by yourself. You have a father who comes to you with a father's help. And maybe the most important thing you would do today is drop your pride enough to take a moment and say, okay, dad, I'm gonna need some help. I'm pretty stuck in this area of my life and I, I need you to come and help me. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I'm tired of trying to win at this alone. Many of us have a father and we live as orphans and it doesn't serve us very well. This whole prayer thing that's happening at our church, at its core, do you know what it is? Is it's dependence. It's a child's dependence. It's a belief and a, and that God is here to help us. He's showing up as a father. He gets glory when he does great things in our lives. He wants to help us. The Holy Spirit's available to us, right? Isn't that what he's doing? God comes to us with a father's help and invites us to respond with a child's dependence. This is the second. It leads to the third. Here it is. God comes to us with a father's faithfulness, and we respond with a child's trust. Let's say that together. God comes to us with a father's faithfulness. We respond with a child's trust. This one's hard. I'm not going to lie. This one's hard because sometimes life is hard, isn't it? I mean, sometimes life doesn't go our way. Uh, I mean, even though God's our father and even though God is faithful, we don't escape the realities of life. We don't live above dark seasons and tough things, do we? I don't. All of us have these hard moments. Relationships break down, right? People we love make terrible choices. Health fails. Careers unravel. None of us escape this, right? You don't escape this, do you? Sometimes, listen, sometimes doesn't it seem like God is bringing miracles and healing and all kinds of amazing things into everyone else's life, but he just has a different path for you, and he's just letting you walk down a different journey, one that you don't want, but apparently he's choosing for you. How do you, what do you respond when God does that? Listen, Jesus modeled for us this trust. Let's look at, this is Jesus the night before he was crucified not wanting to go to the cross. He was not on the road he wanted to be on. Look at, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and then the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And going a little bit further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. 
Meaning, I don't want to do this. But not what I want, not as I will, but as you will. But I trust you. See, Jesus was on a journey that he did not want to be on. And he models for us trust. Listen, sometimes trust in God's faithfulness is the only place to fall. It's the only thing we got, true? Sometimes that's it. I'm not saying that's easy, and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying sometimes God's faithfulness is the only place, the only comfort. Like, I, like God, I don't know what you're doing. God, I don't like this. God, you know I would prefer something else. But God, okay, if this is the road you have for me, then okay, I trust you, and I'm gonna walk it with you. I, I, listen, I've had to walk through this. You have. And God brings comfort. I, I'll tell you, for me, it was in what were the darkest few uh, weeks of my life, for sure, not, not even close, actually. It was the season of my wife's uh, cancer. If you know my story, you know my wife had ovarian cancer, and, and uh, she's fine now, but in the middle of it, um, obviously, it was dark, dark days, and, and uh, chemo, the whole bit, it was, it was bad. And while we were in the middle of chemo, the doctor called us to tell us the cancer was back. Um, and, and listen, this doctor had already told us if the cancer comes back while you're in chemo, then cancer is going to take your life. And so this phone call came like a death sentence. He was actually, like, the doctor was actually wrong. Something else was happening. But for a few weeks of, of my life, that's the reality that I lived in and, and my family lived in. And listen, how do you respond to God when you think, your wife is dying of cancer and he's letting her die. He didn't, I can tell you, he didn't feel like much of a father to me then. It wasn't, I didn't, didn't feel the love and I didn't feel a lot of help. It was really hard to pray. I was just angry. You ever been angry at God? Oh, I was angry at God. And, I, and whenever I did pray, it was just, how could, you, how could you do this to her and to my daughters? Are you kidding me? This and God would say, he would say, Miles, will you trust me in this? Just trust me. And I'd say, no. Uh-uh, I don't. This isn't what I want. What's plan B? And, and we, me and God, and I, listen, eventually I got to yes. And I wish I could say it's because I was so godly and spiritual and it was easy and, and I did it. For, no, listen, no, 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 no. I just got so miserable and exhausted in distrust and I didn't know what else to do, and I didn't know what to turn. And it was all I had was to just go, okay, I, I guess, I guess I'll trust you in this, because I don't know what else to do, and I don't know where else to turn. And if I guess if we're gonna walk through this horrible road, I'd rather walk through it with you than without you. And it was the only comfort and the only hope that I had in that season. And maybe God brought you here, and that's right where you are. And you've been asking and seeking and knocking and God just has you on a road that you don't want to be on. And you're on a journey that you wouldn't choose. But it's what he has for you. And you've been wrestling, angry, like easy to be angry, hard to pray. Easy to be angry, hard to pray. And the distrust is exhausting and miserable. That's what it is. And maybe you're at a place where today the most profound thing you could do is just say, God, I, I don't like this. I don't want this. I don't choose this. I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to trust you. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you. 
Not because I want to, but because the alternative. I don't even know. How do you walk through stuff apart from God? I don't know how people do it. I'm just gonna trust that even though I don't understand it, don't like it, you're faithful. And if that's you today, then that would be the right thing to do. That would be, it would rescue you from the misery of distrust. And others, and that's not where everyone is. Others of us, we just need to drop our pride and we need to ask God to help us. We need to, Dad, will you, will you help me? And I think a lot of us in here, we just need a fresh experience of the love of God in our lives. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna turn this service over to the campus pastors who are gonna pray for us and lead us in a moment to respond to what God is stirring in the room even now. Let your faith rise in this moment. God is bigger than we know. He's bigger than we can understand. But he's here. Sing out to him today. You are here, healing, Paul. 
don't see in your word, even when I don't feel in your word, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop. That's the truth. Come on. That even when I don't see it, you work. Yes, even when I don't feel it, you work. You never stop, you never stop. You never stop. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't see it. Declare his greatness over your life. Cause you are. 